What's up, everybody? This is Jamie Josta from Hatebreed and Kingdom of Sorrow, and I'm here with Dom on MaximumThreshold.net. Automatic defense procedures initiated. What we've got here is... Maximum voltage. Maximum power. Maximum carnage. This is Maximum Threshold. Call the show at... 440-709-4977. Maximum Threshold. And here's your hosts, Dom. He just makes errors of judgment along the way. God, I'm, I was under my desk. Fucking, I, <laughs> it's going to be one of these shows, people. Oh, my God. Fucking at my, my toe accidentally clicked the power button off on my router and my extender. Man, 
So I'm trying to get this fucker back right. <laughs> so bear with me. I think this happened last time we had Bob on the show too. And the time before. Oh, well, maybe not this scenario. But there was other ones. That was just as good. Ow. This thing's kicking my ass. Yeah, so we start off the show here with fast way. I'm still under my desk. So I didn't want to pause you guys. So fuck. Ooh, motherfucker. How about you get old knees, man? This shit's a bitch. I'm working right here. I'm doing some fucking IT. Do you want me to talk to you like this? I can do that. Will I do this? Let me try this one more time. I'm about to say fuck it. We'll just go run with it. If I lose you guys, I lose you guys. Fuck it. Uh, uh, fuck, man. The studio's hot as fucking ball. I'll, I'll do this a little later. I had everything running good. Then my fucking big toe. Yeah, I got shit situated in some weird place that shouldn't be. Fuck. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Let's get this. Let's get this part started. So, Bob, Bob Malbandi. I'm getting ready to give him a call. He's got the the, the new documentary out, Inside Metal. Man, and I got to say, it was, it was a two-parter. And when I checked this out, I'm like, this is the best shit that he's put out. You know, this is something, you know, as a metalhead, you need to really jump. <sighs> you need to jump in there and support it, man, because, hey, let's face it, there's not that many metal, metal stuff coming out that's promoting our, our music, you know. <sighs> okay, let's... let's that's right. I'm out of breath from plugging in a router. <laughs> you have, you don't know, man. I was I was I was up and down, up and down, up and down trying to do this. Oh, let's get Bob a call. Let's get this going. We got Jizzy Pearl coming on in um, like 40 minutes. So we're gonna talk about his new stuff too. So it's gonna be fun. Is this the maximum threshold? <laughs> it sure is, but how the hell are you, Bob? Hey, how you doing, Dom? Oh, Good to talk to you again. Oh yeah, it is. Oh man, I was just I, I have I have my power button that goes to my power strip to my computers. And I have instead of putting it somewhere where I can't touch it, it's like right under my desk, so my big toe hit it and it knocked everything off. <laughs> so I was down there when the, funny. I started off the show playing Fastway right in the middle of the show is when right in the middle of the song when it happened. So I was climbing under my desk here with a pen and I had to reset the the extender and ah shit I gave up Where, on did it. Did you end up uh, interviewing uh, Jesse? Oh, he's coming on in, in um, like forty minutes. I'm calling him later. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Cool, cool. Yeah. So what's been going on, man? No, not too much. Are are, are we on right now? Yeah, or? yeah, we're on. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you were setting up for it. Oh, I'm nah, just rolling with it. Going good, man. Yeah. 
Things are, things are going well. So just uh, <clears throat> keep it busy. The new uh, Rise of L.A. Thrash Metal Part 2 out just came out on DVD, and uh, it's starting to come out on uh, digital. So nice. uh, a few places. It takes some time. It should be up on Amazon Prime and uh, Google Play and iTunes. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the physical DVDs out should be at uh, – most record stores, and of course, you could get it at Amazon and uh, BestBuy.com, and so uh, you know that's going well. Uh, got the uh, Benvers brand uh, that uh, through Cleopatra, yeah. That uh, we're uh, just about finished the editing with, so uh, that's looking real good. That'll be coming out uh, oh, nice. real soon. Uh, so yeah, things 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 are looking good, and we're actually editing the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Inside Metal oh, I'm looking forward uh, to that documentary one. now. So, um, yeah. So, should have, uh, you know, those coming up before the end of the year. Nice. Yeah, when I was watching it, I'm like, this. It, it, the thing I liked about this one here is compared to the older one that you put out, there seems so much, um, the flow was really good. And there wasn't, wasn't a lot of, like, narrative stuff other than Dave Allison talking through it. But I'm saying, like, when you're right. asking him the questions and stuff, you didn't hear you didn't hear your voice. You didn't hear you talking that often on there, and like they just the answers were just coming right from them, and it, and it felt like you were you were in the room there. So you it, it was really really sweet and really smooth flowing. Curtis did a great job too. Yeah, yeah, Curtis is awesome. Damn, you know, he, did, he did the first one, and um, you know we we learned a lot, you know, doing yeah. them, and I think you know each one is definitely improving it especially when it comes to the editing yeah. uh because that's what we learned a lot you know myself and carl and curtis you know we kind of set everything up for it and then uh you know so we're choosing the parts and choosing the sequence so it flows you know we try to make it flow as good as possible so it's like a, you know like you know the story by chapter everything flows well and mm -hmm. you know of course when we interview the people we just you know i i just turn on the mic and we just yeah. start talking oh, you yeah. know and then we just cut out portions uh so some portions don't really fit into yeah. um, you know certain chapters so we like, kind of try to make things that lead into it uh you know as best we can and I, I think this movie definitely worked out real well and I think part two even is better. Oh yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I want to let you know your audience know that a lot of people aren't aware that each movie is a two-part movie. I, I notice a lot of the movies, the first one does, you know, uh, very well, and then I think people aren't too familiar that the second one comes out. So yeah, uh, yeah part two is out on Rise of L.A. Thrash Metal. It's uh, uh, a full movie, you know, eighty-minute movie, and it basically is. Uh, you know, the continuation of, of part one, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, it takes just, you know, three hours to tell the whole story of these, of each title. So uh, nice. we come in two parts, you know, about roughly 80 to 90 minutes each. How much, how much, um, how many hours of film did you have with all this? Mm, that's hard to say. When we did most of the interviews, we did a lot of them together. For, you know, for the first three movies, uh, yeah. you know, I, I knew, and, and even the San Francisco one, I, I a lot of the interviews I did initially, I knew we were going to branch out into not only these three, but, talk, you know, talk, you know, go into the Bay Area. So if you're talking total for everything, um, probably at least 100 hours easy, Damn. I would say. Yeah. Wow, that, that's impressive. Are you going to be putting out? Yeah, so it's, it's a, that's the most time-consuming thing is going yeah. through all the footage and kind of picking things out, you know. <laughs> are, you gonna, are there any, like, um, 
clips that didn't make it in there that you want to put on, you know, as like a blooper reel or something like that? Yeah, we actually did that with it. We, you know, the DVDs, that's the cool thing about getting the physical DVDs. It's got uh, uh, deleted scenes. This one didn't have too many. I think each DVD has like five real short, like deleted clips. Uh, or when I say deleted clips, you know, as, as scenes that weren't in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we have a photo gallery on there. And, of course, we have all the trailers uh, on the DVD. And, uh, and, you know, during the credits, what we did is we rolled a lot of footage, too. A lot of the interview footage you might notice during the end credits. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was kind of, you know, uh, basically footage that really didn't fit into the chapters. We just kind of... Uh, uh, rolled during the, the you know when the credits are rolling so yeah. we we maximized uh most uh the all the interviews that you know we did for <laughs> the three movies i think where we definitely used as much material as as, as possible and mm-hmm. everything so uh you know i'm i'm looking forward to the bay area one because that's that's going to be kind of a different uh you know a lot different a lot different interviews we did include some of the la interviews for the bay area one yeah. like you know when guys from megadeth or uh uh, you know, a, a Dave Lombardo from Slayer, they talk about their first shows going to the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So we do have some, obviously, some L.A. musicians uh, for the Bay Area one. Uh, as we did, we had the Bay Area guys in the L.A. one, as you know, of course. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Lars and uh, you know Eric Peterson from Testament and stuff. So, um, you know, it's good to get to that perspective as well. But, uh, yeah, we, we got tons of... Uh, Bay Area. It's not just thrash. It's yeah. all bands from the glam, from you know bands like Davey Vane to Jet Boy to you know the Testament Forbidden, you know, and then you know even the bands like Lost Rocket, the bands that were kind of in between that weren't thrash or uh, you know uh, you know uh, glam. So um, yeah, it's it's, it's that, you know that's going really well. So uh, pretty excited about that. <laughs> how how many hours of footage you have from Gene? Because he's in that movie a lot. You got to have a good fifty hours of him talking. Yeah, I think our I think Gene was one of the longest interviews because, I mean, I I knew Gene when he was fourteen years old. You know, in, in Long Beach, he actually used to write for my metal fans, yeah. the Headbanger, back in the early eighties, and he uh, had an older sister, Lisa Hoagland, who uh, did a lot of the photos for the. Uh, uh, particularly the thrash uh, uh, movies, mm-hmm. and uh, she was very helpful. And she she used to take him in all the shows when he was a kid. So he oh, actually wow. saw a lot of short, more shows than I <laughs> did because he was going into Hollywood and stuff. And, yeah, you know, at fourteen, and so uh, you know, he would turn me on to stuff. And uh, so you know, we, we have a long history. So yeah, Gene and I, once we get talking, it's like you know, we we don't stop. And you know, everything he says is is, is golden, Gene. He's oh, yeah. just a really. Uh, you know, just a real sharp dude, and you know, it's a great memory. As do a lot of the the, the artists in the movie. You know, David Allison, Dave Lombardo, um, you know, uh, Lars Ulrich, of course. I mean, it's astonishing, especially people like that mm-hmm. that have you know, that do like you know, three hundred close to three hundred shows a year for the past thirty years or whatever. That they could still pinpoint certain shows oh, yeah. and certain things that happened, and uh, you know, so. Uh, that's really cool that mm-hmm. we, you know, we, we got people that uh, uh, were real keen on, on uh, you know, their, their uh, uh, past history. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the things I noticed that from the rockers from back in the day, um, the smart ones, you know, the ones that actually had, you know, who did work like with the merch or they help um, sell the CDs and do, do the business part of it. Those are the ones of guys who kept the, kept diaries and they kind of, 
always referred to um, certain events that were happening where they were, where things were going on. So those are the, were the smarter ones. Like I remember listening to like Rudy Sarzo. Uh, the post to the <laughs> yeah, the other other guys were just the ones that just sit around. Those are the oh, ones yeah, that I'm never remember nothing. <laughs> are you there, Dom? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I remember, um, like, no. Rudy, go on. No, no, no. What were you saying? Oh, you said I'll, I'll say. I'll, <laughs> you know, I uh, track everything like with daily diaries and journals. Yeah. So. Yeah. I know um, Rudy Sarzel used to say that he kept a diary every single day of things that were going on. So he had, like, real good memories. And he listened to, like, some, some like, wrestlers that they can pinpoint, like, certain events that they wrestled at going back 20 years that's crazy i can i could barely remember things that happened last week let alone something that happened in the 80s yeah you know i'm 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 getting uh, you're breaking up a lot oh, on my I? cell phone so i didn't catch all that i heard rudy sarzo oh. kept a diary yeah want me want me call you right back on my phone and just put the speaker on here okay let me let me do that let me call you right back i don't want to miss this uh, okay Give me a minute. Get back yeah. Okay, we're back. I got you back on the phone here. And yeah, this this internet stuff is crap. Like I said, my router went out, so I lost like a big, big pull up from my net here. So yeah, dude, that sucks. That's, yeah, that, yeah, that's happened to me before. Oh. But no, this this definitely sounds much better. So okay, cool. Uh, um but yeah, you know, I think you know, going back to your question, I, you know, I, I think most of these bands, especially the thrash bands, they didn't think that they were going to, you know, um, really amount to anything huge or have a, the, the longevity that they have, you know, 35 oh, yeah. years later. So I don't think many of them thought about doing journals. I know Lars did. Lars did uh, for the very first show from, you know, Radio City that, that I saw at in, in Anaheim, a small club in Anaheim and. Uh, from then, I, I don't know about every single show, but I know all those early Metallica shows. Uh, even with when you know, back when Ron McGovney uh, and Mustaine were in the band, he he had like a little journal wow. uh, for each of them. And uh, yeah, you're right. The smarter ones, I mean, the, the people that kind of you know thought about it, but a lot, a lot of people just you know like you know they, a lot of these bands didn't think uh, you know they just wanted to have fun. They didn't look at mm-hmm. it as, as a business. They thought, all right, we'll go out and play and have some fun while we're young and you know uh, and then here we are 35 years later most of these bands these thrash bands are still back together playing i think more so than the uh uh you know like the more mainstream or the you know glam or hair metal bands or whatever you want to call them from that way i think the thrash bands which is kind of funny because you know most people thought oh the thrash bands they didn't really take serious but those are the bands that i really think had the best longevity and that are still going strong without all the bullshit and the drama. Yep. I mean, you see all the shit going on in the rat camp now oh, yeah. and, you know, the two different great whites, the two different L.A., you know, what, I don't know what's going on with L.A. guns these days. Yep. And two Queensrikes and all these other <laughs> bands that are just going through, you know, choir riot with just the drummer, yep. you know, carrying on. And, and here you got, you know, most of these thrash bands that are, that are featured in this movie, whether it be Metallica, Megadeth, Testament, you know, even Death Angel and, um, you know, and then you have a lot of these bands regrouping, uh, uh, you know, they're going stronger than ever, man. And they're, they're putting out still putting out quality records, Megadeth, of course, um, you know, Slayers on, you know, doing their final, uh, farewell tour, but you know, all these bands have been consistent and have been kept it together. 
uh, and kept it going. And still, you know, you know, you could arguably say these bands are bigger than they were back in the eighties. You oh, know, yeah. definitely with like a you know Megadeth, Slayer. I think all of the bands you know are, are playing just big venues. They haven't you know uh, you know went down to a club level. I mean, they've mm-hmm. all you know really maintained themselves. Anthrax as well. That's one of the one of the things that I really enjoy about when I go when I go to concert or see some of the the old bands like that and, and just just you get the you get the chills just knowing man these guys have been around since you were a kid and these are the ones that influenced you to be who you are and it's 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 really cool and when I go to like when I go to like to a Slayer show it's more than just going to see Slayer it's like all your friends coming here from when you were a kid. You know, it's, it's more like a reunion. And that's what it's like when you go to these metal shows these days because these people, they, you know, they follow and they don't lose them like, like the current music that's out now, man. It's just, it's in and out. Unlike, unlike our music. Yep. Well, dude, it's funny you say that because I was just thinking just the other day, a couple nights ago, you know, I, I'm, in the, I'm living in uh, San Jose now in the Bay okay. Area. So, uh, you know, finishing up on this. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an LA guy originally, but. I know a lot of people in, in here, you know, in the Bay Area, obviously growing up, all my old, you know, pen pals that I used to trade tapes with, you know, in the Bay Area back in the 80s. Oh, and, yeah. you know, I see a lot of these guys uh, here in the Bay Area, uh, you know, I ran into at the Priest concert, just tons of friends, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, Danny Shipman, who did a lot of the uh, editing and stuff, and Brian Liu and Harold O were there. And, um, you know, I've, I've met up with my old buddy Brian Brinkerhoff, who I knew in L.A., and... Uh, uh, you know, we were just partying, having beers together, and it's like, wow, it's, you know, it's like an old reunion, and so many other people, uh, you know, Craig LeCicero from Forbidden was there, mm-hmm. Gary Holt I ran into from, you know, Slayer and Exodus was at the show, and it's like, man, this is awesome, you know, even in, in, in the Bay Area, you run into some, and even when, when I was in Vegas, man, when I saw Saxon in Vegas with UFO, I mean, Mike Varney lives out there now, Brian Slagle lives <laughs> out there, we had like this private room upstairs and we're partying with all those guys and Frank Domino and a few other friends I knew in out from LA, half of LA's out there. So it's, you know, it, it, it's really cool from city to city you go, you know, you, you know, just being in, in the heavy metal family, you know, people, uh, and same thing when I go to New York, you know, I run into a bunch of people in New York at some of these, you know, uh, uh, rock and metal shows or, or wherever. And it's, you know, you, you know, people, and especially I think now with social media, you know, you might not know the people personally, but I have people come up to me and say, oh, dude, you're, you're Bob Nelbandian that does Inside Metal, you know, yeah. and I, people I've never met, they might have recognized me on Facebook or whatever, and it's like, yeah, you know, so, yeah, it's, I, I totally hear what you're saying, definitely. <laughs> you know, even 35 years later, it's like the family's still, you know, this close-knit, tight, you know, metal family definitely that's, that's nice that's the metal like I, i've always thought about it as like metal is metal is a, it's a family it's it's not like any other type of genre that it, it's it's all broken up in the other um, genres metal i mean people it, it it crosses barriers you know it's not just the music it's 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 cultural it's it's you know it's it's all around the world and so we everyone has Absolutely. something in common yeah well, I don't think any other people take their, their, their music as serious. I mean, it's all, you know, most people, it's uh, really, it's all about to show and impress. People like whatever's popular, you know, whether it oh, be yeah. pop or hip-hop or whatever. They're not really serious, deep into, you know, the you know the people that are into metal, they know the metal, you know. They, 
you know, of course, I mean, you get your mainstream metal fans, well, which is cool. People that just, you know, might know one or two of the hits or just go in there because they heard, oh, Judas Priest is in town or whatever. But, you know, most of the people that go to these shows are the diehards that supported, supported the band for years and years. And it's great to see that younger people, I mean, I saw tons of younger kids, you know, singing along, singing, you know, not even like, the rare songs, you know, and, yeah. and you know, wearing the, the, the you know, the, the, the metal shirts and the, and the vest with uh, patches. And I'm thinking, shit, dude, you guys weren't even around in the <laughs> early 80s when the shit was going on, you know. But it's great, you know, and, and I think, you know, you're right. No other genre really, you know, has that kind of uh, uh, loyalty and that integrity to, to the, to the you know, to the community and to the scene. Yeah. It's, it's just a great thing. You know, one of the things I've been telling my daughter, and um, we we have like YouTube play on our house all the time, and we we she she watches all these weird videos, you know, and, and her mother, and they watch these um the pop videos, but but I I get I get a hold of their their playlist and I throw Slayer in there, and so Slayer come on and everybody just looks at each other, and I'm like, live and tell my daughter Olivia, I said, you know what. You're gonna go be seeing them in two months. She gets all freaked out over it. I said, but but that I said once this happens, I've completed my bucket list because I know I made my. I'm I'm a proud father when I can say I've taken three of my four daughters to go see Slayer, <laughs> and she's well, nine. You better do it quick, dude. This is her last time. That's around, right. She's supposedly. going. It's... I mean, every other band, you know, they they get to their farewell tours and they uh, are still you know doing it ten years after their farewell yeah. tours. So. You never know with Slayer, but I think I think Kerry King's gonna. Kerry King's not gonna stop. He's gonna continue, oh, yeah. and I, I think with with uh, with Tom, I mean, he's his neck and his back. From what I understand, it's just just trash. He can't really continue on the way you know, especially the way Slayer tour. You know, yeah. so I'm sure Kerry will do some projects, maybe with uh, you know with Gary Holt or uh, uh, you know whoever, and uh, you know uh, uh, do some. Uh, uh, different bands and uh, different stuff. So, I mean, they'll, they'll keep it going in one way or another. The music of Slayer. So. <clears throat> what are some of the, what are some of the bands that, that you hear that are coming out, like the thrash bands out of your area that you think people should be checking out? Uh, like new bands? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not really too keen on a lot of the, uh, newer thrash bands. Um, you know, there's a band I'm, I'm going to see uh, coming up. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm not really in L.A. anymore, yeah. but uh, I don't know where this band is from, but I'm going to see there. I see they're playing in a, in a week or two, and I think they're really cool. Um, uh, uh, Power Trip. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they're, they're kind of, I, I don't know if they're really, they're, they, you know, go from thrash to, like, stoner music to, but, but you know, young guys. And, they, and they, you know, I'm, the cool thing about this band is they got the stage presence. They look. They look like the band from back in the day on yeah. stage. They put on a fucking show, you know. It's uh, it's old school, and you can tell they're into it. And it's uh, 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 so you know that that's cool. I mean, there's a lot of you know for a while, you know, quite a few years ago, you had you know a lot of the you know Exmortis, Holy Grail, a lot of these uh, you know Warbringer, uh, uh, you know, all these uh, Havoc, you know, younger thrash bands. Uh, but I'm thinking, shit, you know, they're already close to 20 years old, some of, the, yeah. <laughs> some of those bands, you know. And it, we call them the new breed of thrash, and it's like, wow, they're so, you know, uh, you know, it, it's it's funny how you think of that. Yeah, I, you know, uh, you know, you think new bands, but some of these bands are, are you know, been around since the, since the millennium began. So uh, as far as, like, brand new, I don't really know too much. Uh, I, I know there's a lot. I mean, the, the problem with a lot of bands, 
these days, a lot of new bands that I have is no one's really doing much original. You know, they'll they'll, they'll copy these bands and, and do it well. A lot of them, you know, performance wise, but uh, uh, you know, you're, you're not seeing a lot of uh, you know uh, unique ideas and uh, creativity anymore. I mean, you get these bands like uh, um, what the fuck uh, the the Zeppelin band uh, that everyone's the Greta Van about. Fleet. Greta Van Fleet, and yeah. it's like. What? Yeah, I don't. I, you know, do something original, guys. I mean, come on. Yeah. And the other thing is, people keep raving about how young. Oh, they're so young. I go, they're like in their mid twenties, <laughs> early to mid twenties. That's when all these metal bands started out. Yeah, I mean, Def Leppard. You know, they they were all sixteen to eighteen. Yeah. Death Angel, the drummer Andy, was twelve fucking years old. You know, that's young. You yeah, know, these are young guys. Ingvay was eighteen when I when I was with all the guys in Armored Saint. You know, they got signed. To, to, when we went on the road, we were all 18, 19 years old after they got signed with Chrysalis. So, um, you know, and they keep saying, well, it's great that these bands are so young. They're like kids. And it's like, they were. they're not kids. You know, they're, they're older than most. Uh, you know, and even if you go back to the 70s bands, most of the band, you know, uh, Sabbath, UFO, Priest, whatever, most of those bands started when they were 18, you know, 19, you know, uh, uh, playing. So, um yeah, I mean, that's that's what, it's funny when people say, oh, they're so young, and <laughs> it's so great to see, you know. I guess, because, I mean, I, I say considering, it is great that, you know, people are you know, are still playing rock, but yeah. I would like to see them do something more original and, you know, not keep exploiting their age, you know, oh, using know. that as a factor. Like, oh, we're the, the, you, the new young kids doing it, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, whatever. You know, <laughs> and that's a, that's a sound you know uh, negative or, or or anything, but you know, uh, pessimistic. But about the, the the you know the, the the rock scene, but you know, I just find it humorous when I keep hearing that over and over again. Yeah. People on Facebook and stuff. It's like, okay, come on, I, I get it. It's not you know, uh, but anyway, you know, what are you going to do? I hear you. I, I'm during the '80s. I I kind of like spent a lot of time in San Diego. And I didn't, you know, the, the metal scene down there, it was it was so-so. It, it didn't have the balls like the L.A. was going. You know, they had some of the bands that would trickle down there. You know, this just popped in my head. That's why I was saying it. And I, I'm, are you familiar with any of the clubs that were down in the San Diego area? Yeah, like Brick by Brick. We used mm-hmm. to go down sometimes um, to a lot of the clubs. Fourth uh, and D, was that another one? Yeah. Yeah, Fourth of Me, Soma was one, I remember. They did kind of some punk stuff uh, and some metal. Uh, so, yeah, we went, we went to San Diego a few times, and a lot of the bands from San Diego would come up here. You know, Cage used to come yeah. up here quite a bit. They're, you know, they're still together. You yeah. know, Sean Peck is still going out. Yeah, uh, and then, of course, you had, I mean, you know, going back, you know, Rat came up from San Diego, and so did Warrior, my partner in the Inside, inside Metal movies, Joe Floyd. Yeah. You know, uh, he came up from San Diego. Um, Rough Cut, I believe a lot of those guys came up from San Diego. So there were, there were a lot of uh, uh, guys. You know, San Diego's only, people that don't know, is only a couple hours from yeah. L.A. So you had a lot of, you know, those guys coming up here. But I know kind of in the 90s and stuff, it became like a big kind of surf punk skateboard, you know, mm. kind of kind of scene out yeah. there. But, you know, there's some good stuff coming out there. I, I do recall a few bands. Yeah, I was there from around 86 to 90. So I was out there okay. during some good times. So I did a lot. I used to spend a lot of my times going up to L.A. or going down to Tijuana, you know, just doing doing the things that you're supposed to do. Sure. Yeah. 
Wow, so you kind of love the L.A. 80s bands yeah. and the clothes. Nice. Coming from Cleveland, you know, we, you, know you, saw, you saw that music just watching the build up from our area and then, right. then getting the opportunity to go out, the, out to California there and just see it really happening. And, and you, didn't, you really didn't think, you know, because um, that's the way the culture was. You weren't thinking, wow, this is something different. You're like, this is just how it is. Yeah. Well, it was a great time, and yeah. it, it was pure. I mean, sure, a lot of the latter 80s when all those, you know, the poisons and all, all the glam bands started, just the, the hair metal scene, whatever, from the late 80s, that became phony, and that got ridiculous. And that, yeah. But those were mostly bands that weren't from L.A. It was like everyone knew that all the labels and everything was happening in L.A., so... Everyone was coming to L.A. I mean, even Poison were a Pennsylvania band, you know. Yeah. Uh, all, most of those bands were from, from elsewhere, and they kind of, you know, did, they just saturated the scene. But when you talk, you know, like the era we, we did our movies from, the Inside Metal, we, that's why we kind of cut it off to 86. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of those bands, it was, pre, it was a pretty pure scene. Even when you're talking Crew and Rat and all those bands it was before and you know these bands were playing around before mtv before this you know so-called hair metal scene became hip so they were doing it out of the passion and the love and of course a lot of them you know and, and i always say this is a lot of the record company influence it happened to you know a lot of the new wave of british heavy metal bands you know saxon and raven and all that they'll tell you that they were influenced by the labels and producers to dress a certain way to poop up their hair to lighten their music to get on radio and it even happened to some of the thrash bands doing more ballady kind of stuff yeah. and you know you got to do this and that so that was a lot that was a lot of influence from labels management producers but it started out very pure and that's that's what i loved about the early 80s scene well whether it be thrash or whether it be you know and, and that's why i i love that you know the, the fact that you know, we, you know, as a collective group, you know, myself and the executive producer, Warren Coyle, and Joe Floyd, the producer, you know, we said, you know, let, let's start in, you know, nobody's talked about the pioneers, you know, from everyone knows Van Halen, but nobody knows really the other bands from the late 70s into the early 80s LA scene that were just fucking huge and dominated the scene. And, you know, 800 people would show up, you know, any given show, and these are bands without records out or, or anything you know and uh, some of these bands would play three four nights a week you know mm-hmm. uh, at the club you know do a three nights in at the whiskey or the starwood so you know i'm glad we we kind of touched an era that a lot of people weren't familiar with and even with the thrash you know we we you know yeah a lot of people remember the, you know uh, dark angel but not really uh, on a mainstream level you know a lot of people were telling me oh wow i didn't know Gene Hoagland was around that long. That you know, we just knew him from like Testament and, and bands like that. Yeah. You know, the, so uh, you know, it's, it's good to see that bands like Cryptic Slaughter and uh, you know, uh, of course, Hyrax and and so many of these bands were were you know the big bands at that time for thrash metal. They were carrying the flame, you know, back in the oh, yeah. early '80s. You know, and uh, so I think that was important, especially when it came to LA, because uh, you know that's the thing I always say. Everyone's like, well, you know. Uh, L.A. wasn't all that big. It was, if you knew it. It just wasn't in Hollywood. But, you know, a lot of these bands would play Fender's Ballroom, the Olympic Auditorium, the Balboa Theater on the outskirts of L.A. And uh, they were drawing big numbers. And this was, you know, it's just that this whole scene got, um, you know, just the glam rock scene was so big that it just dominated 
everything. So a lot of these bands outside of L.A., a lot of people didn't know. So, uh, uh, you know, even Abattoir and, and Agent Steel, I mean, they were they were big bands uh, at, at, during that time. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're able to tell the story of, of uh, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I like to say that the real story. And, and, you know, a lot of people will just, like, stick with, you know, the big bands, you know, just, just to get, you know, uh, uh, and, you know, when I talk to people or mainstream people, and I know that's the reason why we're not on a lot more of these bigger channels and whatever, because people go, I, I haven't heard of half these bands. And I, I, I know Lars from Mattel. Why isn't there more, more of that kind of stuff? Or why didn't you talk to him about Napster? Or why didn't you talk to Greg White about the fire? It's like, dude, you don't get it. What this movie has, for one, I wouldn't talk to them about that uh, or whatever in a documentary film. Now, for two, this is about the thrash scene. What the fuck is that? This is about the early 80s. What That's does that right. have to do with it? Well, that would get people talking about it. That would get it's like, shut up. Just go away. Get the fuck away. I don't care who you are, what influence. Just get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> but, you know, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's just the business. That's the reality of it. Yeah. So, you know, I think for an underground film that we did, I think, uh, you know, we get a lot of props from the fans and from the bands and stuff that, you know, wow, it's, it's really good that someone... It's telling the story, you That's know, right. of how it happened. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue that that with the uh, San Francisco title. I got my good friend, John Sternansky, who's been a, a co-director and co-producer with me. And if people don't know him, he grew up in that scene. He was from the very beginning. Uh, he lived in Monterey at the magazine Metal Rendezvous uh, with Bill H Hale, who we also oh, have. Yeah. Uh, photographer. A photographer. You know him yeah. from the books. You know, he lives in Hawaii now, so he wasn't... Quite as of all that we we feature, we got him featured quite a bit in the movie, and of course Ron Quintana, who you know I, I think was really the king of the Bay Area back in those days, and he's contributed uh, a lot for this. So you know we got the genuine people there that were there, and you know, and I followed that scene, even though I wasn't up in San Francisco during that time. I had all the um, uh, you know the demos and 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 all the bands that would come to L.A. You know whether the the Lost Rockets or the you know. X or whatever, you know, when they played they places like Fenders, I was always there. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it, it, it um, you know, it, it, it came out really good. I'm, I'm excited about this, uh, this uh, Bay Area documentary. Nice. Um, Got to get going here, but Bob, how can people get a hold of um, the, the new one that's coming out? <clears throat> well, uh, you know, like I said, for the DVD, uh, if you can't find it at your local store, most stores will be able to Order it. They should order. Be able to order it at the Barnes and Nobles and and, and uh, record stores near you. Uh, BestBuy.com, Amazon.com. You could get both part one and part two. And if you get them as a package, they usually give you a discount. And I believe they're running some kind of special on Amazon. You buy them both as a package. So part two just came out, and that should be going. Hopefully, I haven't even checked this week. I don't know if it's up on Amazon Prime, but it's supposed to be going up there any day. Amazon Prime, Google Play, iTunes. And uh, we're hoping that Access and a couple others, we're talking to a few other people, you know, Access picked up on the first one. Nice. And they, you know, they, they uh, were scheduled to do the, the second one and everything, too. So maybe they're, maybe they're waiting for a future date at the right time because they like to do it as a... Uh, you know, a heavy metal day or whatever, how, how they did the, the last one that in, in the, uh, December, the Merry Metal Christmas, where they did a big package with, or a big day 
full of metal with Inside Metal and the Motorhead movie and, and you know the Alice Cooper movie. And so hopefully we'll they'll do that again and we'll get the rise uh, on some of the cable channels. It should be going to cable pay per view. So just look it up, man. Google it. The Rise of L.A. Thrash Metal. Sounds uh, and good. It is a third of the Inside Metal titles. Nice. Well, Bob, yeah. I definitely, man, thank you for being on here and getting us caught up everything and just bullshit and talking about metal. Dude, it's always a pleasure. And, and I got to say, Dom, you've always been supporting from day one, and I appreciate it. I appreciate all the Maximum Threshold listeners out there for, uh, uh, you know, their support and their love of metal and uh, for you for keeping it keeping it true and keeping the, uh, you know, the, the I got to get out there to the Midwest, man. The Midwest mm-hmm. metal scene seems so. Uh, real happening, you know, yeah. with, with you guys and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Red and Jerry and, of course, the classic metal show and yep. uh, Bill Peters show and it's like, you guys got tons of metal people out there, you know, so yeah, uh, uh, it's, that's, that's, uh, that's a good thing, man. Keep it going. Sounds good, man. Alright, say hi to Jizzy for me. I would definitely do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he really knows me. I've seen him <laughs> many times, but uh, I, got you. Uh, I, I, I wish him all the best. Okay, Alright, Dom, take care, man. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
There you go, man. There's some Armored Saint. <clears throat> That's some Overkill with No Holds Barred. And I'm going to get ready to give him Jizzy Pearl a call here in a minute. So I'm going to play some of his stuff here just so you guys can get caught up. Hear what some of his new material sounds like. And here you go, man. I'll be back after this here on Maximum Threshold. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We have a breaking news story. Cameraman might be able to tell yeah. us what that says. Jizzo? Rizzo? It looks like that. Jizzo. Uh, about- You're gonna miss me when I'm gone! Hey guys, this is Ron from YouTube's Rock and Metal News, and this is your Maximum Threshold Rock and Metal News Report. Cancer Bats released their sixth studio album, and it's titled The Spark That Moves, the band stated. We were just tired of waiting, and uh, we spent all of 2017 working hard on this album, all the while playing shows and talking with our fans, who were consistently asking when we would hear new music. We figured, why make anyone wait any longer? Let's just drop the entire new album all at once. So you can check that out on YouTube, and they also have videos for each song. 
And Sumerian Records founder Ash Avildsen was uh, at, at a recent guest on Jamie Jasta's The Jasta Show podcast, and he talked about Periphery leaving the Sumerian label. And uh, Sumerian signed the band 2009, and they put out six albums. Ash states that Periphery will apparently release their next album, uh, which they were working, which they're working on now as a self-release. And you can check that uh, interview out on the Jasta Show. And Soilwork have released a video from the studio that teases new material. Uh, through their Instagram page. They're currently working on their 11th album. Recording is being held in Sweden at Nordic Sound Lab Studios. So can't wait for new soil work. Continuing with your MaximumThreshold.net rock and metal news, Gus G has released a video for the title track to his new solo album titled Fearless. It's on YouTube. Gus played with Ozzy Osbourne and is a member of Firewind as well. His new solo album is out now through AFM Records. And the Melvins have released their new album titled Pincus Abortion Technician and have now released a music video for the track Don't Forget to Breathe on YouTube. Get ready for a large tour from the band and you can check out their official websites for all the tour dates. And finally, Bad Wolves and... Diamante have released a duet track titled Hear Me Now. It's on Spotify and iTunes. The song is off Bad Wolves' new upcoming album titled Disobey, which is out on May the 11th. This is Ron from YouTube's Rock and Metal News with a Z, and this has been your Maximum Threshold Rock and Metal News Report. Thanks for tuning in. And some more jizzy for you before I give him a call. Just getting you guys caught up.
Hello. Jizzy. Yes. What's going on, man? This is Dominic. Uh, good. How are you? I'm just hanging in there. I got, I got caught up, man. I, I had to reset my um, router and modem, and it was just a fiasco over here. So I was playing your music here, getting everybody caught up with um, your new stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some pretty good stuff, I man. I modem in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the router. I, mean, I don't look at the, the modem yeah, that yeah. much. <laughs> I have one of those extenders. And, I, and a little earlier, I, I, I had um, by my, it was by my foot, and I accidentally... Um, turn the power off on everything. So I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? So I was down there fighting with it when I was playing some music. I had to jump back up to make sure the song wasn't over. Oh, am I? Oh, shit. Let me call you back on my cell phone here, okay? I, I don't want to lose you. Okay? Yeah, you're kind of crapping out. Want me to call you back or something? Yeah, I'll call you right back on another line. Okay. Here we go. Hello? Hello, is this better? Uh, yeah. Cool. Okay, so yeah, we were just talking about my fiasco problems I have over here. So let's forget about all that and let's just jump in here and talk about what's going on with you and your latest release that you got coming out in a couple weeks. Um, yeah, it's uh, called All You Need Is Soul, and it's coming out May 11th. And I'm going uh, in a couple of days to the UK for a month-long tour, and uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Nice. This one, man, I'm I'm really, really digging this. It's, this is one of these these releases when it comes out, you're like, man, this is so hard to... Um you know, to pick a favorite song off here because you just you listen to it over and over and over. And the more you listen to it, the more it gets absorbed and you really find yourself really digging it. So I think this one's great. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I, I, I said in a press release that it was the best thing I've done since Blackout, which is, mm-hmm. you know, pretty, the bar is set pretty high given that record. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely the best thing I've done in a long, long time. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm real happy with it. And it definitely has that vibe from Blackout and it, from from beginning to end. You can just tell just by the guitar sound and man, he just it just it just flows, man. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Darren is on fire. He's uh, definitely kicking ass. Mm-hmm. So what 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 made you put this one together like this as compared to your your other ones? Well, Frontiers you know, contacted me and asked me if uh, I wanted to do a record. And, and, you know, to be honest, I've done solo records before, and uh, I just really wanted this one to kickstart. You know, I wanted to go back to the energy of of the Blackout in the Red Room, the classic love-hate, you know, sound or whatever you want to call it. So uh, that's what I did. Nice. And you definitely did it, man. It's was there, did you have notes or anything that you took over the years? Like, yeah, someday I want to piece something like this together or have certain scenarios that you wanted to put, put into it. No, I, I, you know, I, I didn't. Um, it just, it happened organically, you know, I mean, it's just, 
I just, I wanted it to sound a certain way. I didn't want it to sound like a, sometimes records, solo records, sound like a collection of songs. You know, here's one I wrote three years ago. Here's one I wrote two years ago. These, most of the record was written within a month or two period, which was probably why it, it sounds, you know, very much like the same yeah. record. When you were when you were doing the going through the recording, were these recorded at different places, or is this all at the same place? Um, obviously, with the um, technology available, I was able to do drums one place and vocals and guitars another place and mix another place. You know what I mean? You can just kind of pick up and go with your little hard drive. Yeah, and uh, but I. I definitely the guitars were recorded in a in a, in a cheap studio, but with really good gear. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I what I I saved a little money not having air conditioning on hundred degree days, but mm-hmm. uh, the gear was was killer. The amps were killer. They were vintage Marshalls, and uh, and um, yeah, so that was what was important to me. You know what I mean? having getting that tone i wanted that tone yeah you know i and and uh that's what's cool about this the guitars on this record is they're they just have a very pure tone they're not very they're not processed they're not buried in a bunch of reverb mm-hmm. you know what i mean it, it, it kind of has that jimmy page clean physical graffiti yep. tone it's like it just it was just plugged into like a les paul and a marshall that's what it sounds like well, for the most part, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and the vocals are very um, unprocessed, and the drums are very unprocessed. I was just, I mm-hmm. wanted a clean sound that was kind of like the old school 70s, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, Led Zeppelin, physical graffiti, that's what I was shooting for. Mm-hmm. I think you hit it, man. You, you could When you listen to it, yeah, you, you definitely don't hear like the, the processed parts to it. It does feel like everything was just organic and it was all... You know, it's like you were in a room and, and everybody just said, okay, let's plug in and just play and record it. And that's what it sounded like. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, it was like I said, it was a quick process yeah. because, you know, these aren't million dollar deals like the 80s anymore. So you have to kind of, you kind of have to go in with a, with a idea of what you want and, and, um, and, uh, get it in, get in and get out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the record, it's pretty badass. I mean, mm-hmm. I listened to it, and I, you know, it, it, I guess I finished it in September, and I just kind of had to sit and wait for the machine of Frontiers to, you know what I mean, because they do grind out a lot of records. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've been listening to it, and it's just, yeah, I mean, it, it has that blackout in the red room vibe, and, and I'm, I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else you wanted to add to this? This release, anything that didn't make it that he thought, man, it'd be really cool to put on air, but but you didn't? No, you know, I mean, I spent most of the money on the record on the mix. Um, sometimes you, you just have to be smart yeah. with, with how you spend the money. And, uh, you know, everyone took a pay cut, myself included, a big pay cut, as in zero money. Yeah. Um, all the money was spent on the record. And, um, yeah, so it, it was killer. I definitely hope this thing takes off for you, man, because it's, 
it's great and it has that that old vibe to it and the all all, the, all your followers from back in the day man they definitely need to jump on board and rediscover what they've missed over the years and just it pull it'll pull well, you back that's what I'm, I am kind of, you know what I mean? I, I sort of tell people that, that if they're a fan of the old mm-hmm. traditional love-hate stuff and there are a bunch of fans out there, yeah, um, yeah for sure. You know what I mean? You, uh, you'll dig it. Nice. Who are you going to be taking on the road with you on, on the, the UK tour? I have an English band that I've been playing with for about a year and a half. Um, so it's really killer for me to just jump on a plane and have these guys there already rehearsed and ready to go so I can just sort of jump in and, and uh, we jump in the van and we're ready to go. Nice. That's, that's pretty that's pretty cool to have, have a setup like that. Well, it definitely, geographically, it works out a lot better mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. How was it, how's it, how... How do you think the reception is going to be for you over there this time? Uh, <laughs> is that a trick question? No, 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 really no, no, no. I'm just saying that you know when you when you put the feelers out there, was like the media biting at that? It's like, yeah, we're looking forward to this, and they're going to do what they can and whatever. Well, I have a very good UK following. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try and go back there every year. And so, yeah, I mean, I do okay over there. And so, again, people that are there and have dug the love-hate and dig the old records, I think are going to be, you know, very blown away by what they hear, and I think they're really going to dig it. And that's, you know, that's the uh, that's my intent anyway. Mm-hmm. I got a question. One of the guys just texted me over. They want to know what was your favorite track on this new one. There's a couple. Um, there's a song called uh, "When the Devil Comes," which is uh, the longest song on the record. That's sort of a Zep thing, and it's it's pretty badass. And there's one called uh, "High for an Eye," which is kind of a, a drinking song. You know, an old school love hate drinking song. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's really not a, a turkey in the whole bunch. Yeah, like I said, when I was listening, because I just got it a couple of days ago, and I was listening to it, and like I said, I just let it, let it play through track after track, and I'm like, wow, this is so good. Everyone, there wasn't, there wasn't like a filler on there, which was really nice. So I was hoping there might be a clunker or two in there, but there wasn't. Yeah, I strive for no clunkers. <laughs> But you did it, man. It's, it's I'm proud of you on this one. Well, you, you know, it's funny because um, there hasn't been that. I mean, it's just starting. The record is just starting to to, to leak out to, to people to listen to your review. And, and mm-hmm. I've, I've just started doing interviews and whatnot. And, uh, you know, the, the consensus is pretty much, you know, where you're at. Yeah. And, you know, the Internet, too. You know, it's funny because you go on these the blabbermouths and the, and the other sites and so on. And, and it just seems that, that every time someone puts out a record, it just gets shit on real fast. Yeah. And and um, not so much with this one. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I they want to hate it because they hate my name, yeah. but they, they can't hate the music. <laughs> so 
I'll take the I'll take the goofy name nonsense, yeah. but you know I'm glad you guys all uh, love the record. It's good, man. You, you know, you know, if you put out something that's going to be, it's going to sound like shit. They're, they're going to be all over that. But when you have something that they can't really, you know, put down, you know, they, there's no merit to stand on it. You know, it's not going to go anywhere, and nobody's going to be, you know, feeding off that. Well, you know, I think guys like me, musicians. Um, when I was with Ellie Guns with Tracy, um, I guess it was two thousand nine, ten, eleven. You know, he wanted to do a new record. He wanted to do original music. And I was still in that weird stage of of people steal music. They don't deserve new music. You know, mm-hmm. every musician, I, it goes through a small period of time where, you know, because traditionally, you know, record royalties were a way for guys like us to, to make money. Oh, yeah. And that doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, it's like Circuit City, you know what I mean? And Radio Shack and Toys R Us, you know what I mean? There is no more uh, record royalties. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially on Spotify, I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, I'm still waiting for my point zero zero four cents. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so, yeah. you know what I mean? So there's a period of time where you've got to, as a musician recognize that it's 2018 and, and that's just the way it is and, and it's kind of like YouTube, you know? Every time I get on stage, I expect to be filmed. Even if I don't want to be filmed, you just, you have to expect that there's going to be a video of you. So you got to be good. Yeah. You know? And, um, when you accept that, it, it does make you better because it, it makes you sharper. You have to, you have to, um, remember that, um, you know, the, the internet's forever. Yep. And, uh, so anyway, long story short, Tracy was right and I was wrong. And, uh, he just put out a new record, which is great. I'm so happy for those guys, mm-hmm. Tracy and Phil, and, and they're kicking ass. And, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? It, it, it's, uh, you apply yourself, you put in the hours, you know, and you work on your, your songs and if you get lucky, you know, you come out with a with a record that's uh, kick-ass. Mm-hmm. And um, there you go. That's it, man. You've, you've done it with this one. Okay, I don't know much more to say about that. It, it's you got you got all the elements there. You got the the feel from the past. It's it's straightforward, and it's what people like when they when they think of you know the older music. And it's right there, man. Well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's a uh, it's a crazy world out there, you mm-hmm. know. And um, sometimes, you know, things happen, and uh, it would really be awesome, you know, if people got behind this record, and, and I was able to, you know, mount a U.S. tour, and and you know, not you know, not lose a million dollars doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Do you- it'd be cool. Do you have any um, tricks you're going to try on this tour to try to really make this explode? I mean, do I have any what? Any tricks or anything like that? Anything? anything oh, like, yeah, Any ideas or anything oh, like that? Like, like hanging on a Hollywood sign <laughs> or something like that? That kind of trick? Well, no. You yeah. know what? It's, it's been it's been done. <laughs> <laughs> How about getting a movie or something like that? Well, that's. That again, that's that's not okay. I don't. Yeah, you know, it's it's 
funny that you say that because mm-hmm. um, I wrote one of the songs, well, two or three of them, uh, but specifically, uh, When the Devil Comes is sort of a Western motif. If you listen to the lyrics, um, you know, it's like a Clint Eastwood, hang them high, you know. Uh, I actually was trying to wait for television. Guys like us, you know, that have our own little rigs in our house, you know, there's always this thing of, well, if you, you know, TV's always looking for music and this and that, you know, and like Duck Dynasty and Deadliest Catch and all these things. They're always looking for little bits of music. And um, I thought, well, you know, I'll give that a shot. What the hell? Yeah. So I wrote When the Devil Comes on acoustic guitar. And um, anyway, it, I've come to find out that, you know, the money is horrifying. Mm. I mean, I, I'm still... I'm still waiting for my 47 cents for <laughs> pit bulls and parolees. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wrote a, a bunch of music for that mm-hmm. TV show and I, I've yet to be paid or maybe I am, maybe the 47 cents is in my account now. But anyway, it was an interesting exercise, mm-hmm. but I took that, that song, which was originally just two verses and a chorus on acoustic. And I, zapped it up, you know what I mean? I gave it a little bit of Zeppelin, I threw a little bit of old-style Montrose in it, mm-hmm. and that song now is sort of a six-minute, 48-second epic, and uh, it's killer. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, 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 it's a great, you know, thing to have a, a song that's sort of that long, kind of like the old-school Pink Floyd, remember when Pink Floyd songs were six minutes, oh, like yeah. Animals? Yeah. You know what I mean? But it, it went somewhere. You know, it had a beginning, middle, and end. It wasn't. It wasn't a six-minute riff. It was. It was a. It was a story, and um, kind of like this one. I mean, in, in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I, this this is a great one, man. And yeah, and and and, I, and like I said, I I love the way that you the music bopped around from different different styles and. And and the whole the feel of it, it the vibe. I, I think that's the word I'm looking for. The vibe of this is like it's really pulls you into it. I think, you know, again, my, the best record I've ever done, you know, was Blackout in the Red Room. That was my first love hate record. That was in 1990, and I mean that was almost 30 years ago, you know. But that record still stands up. I mean, you can put it on today, and it's still kind of jumps out of the speaker. It doesn't sound, it hasn't been tarnished by time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some metal, hair metal, whatever you want, sunset strip metal, is a little uh, goofy, some of it, you know what I mean? Um, we suffered less in the goofy department, I think because the music was so good, and still is, you know? So anyway, trying to recreate that was a big challenge for me, you know what I mean? I've done, it's my fifth solo record, and I didn't want it to just be a collection of songs. I wanted it to sound like a a, a, a thing, a vibe, like what you said, you know, from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And when, from you hear, uh, you're going to miss me when I'm gone, it kicks in, it pretty much goes to the end, and, and, the, and the last song is Kick-Ass, Mr. Jimmy. I mean, that's, that's a that's one of my favorite songs. It's real simple. It's only four chords, yeah. but it, it's real simple. It's um, it's about the um, the twenty seven year curse 
Uh, it's about all the musicians that have died at age 27, and there's a, a bunch of them. Yeah. You know, there's Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Amy Winehouse, Kurt Cobain, I mean, it, Brian Jones. Yeah. Um, Randy Rhodes, wasn't yeah, it? So it Sorry? Was it Randy Rhodes, too? I don't know if he died at 27, but, but, but Jim Morrison. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's what that song is about. People asking, somebody from Italy asked me about that. He goes, I do not understand these <laughs> lyrics. What do they mean? Who is Mr. Jimmy? Uh, that's Jimmy Page. He's not dead. Just, just, <laughs> just don't worry about him. Just think about the other things. <laughs> Let's see here. I just a couple more things here. I want to let you get going. So this this record comes out in in what with the twelve is it May twelfth? It's coming out May eleventh. Yeah, yeah, a couple of weeks. Nice. Are you? Is there going to be any type of big push around that day, or is it just going to drop and just? Play? Well, like I said, I'm doing this UK tour, yeah. and um, the record comes out while I'm touring, which is great. And then you know it's it's up to the rock gods what happens yeah. you know uh, sometimes like for example the winery dogs you know they kind of came out of nowhere and, and people really embraced them and and you know something happened mm -hmm. you know magically with that record i mean so you never know you never you, you never know why some people's records rise and some people's records don't it's kind of like movies you know what i mean why why are some of the classic movies never that you know Blade Runner uh, Apocalypse Now you know what I mean all these movies that we consider classics you know bombed at the box office it's very strange yeah you know but but you know Big Lebowski you know what I mean it bombed at the box office but now people dig it on DVD and it's amazing and blah 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 so you, you just it's up to the rock gods man whether or not uh, you do the best you can, you write the best songs you can, and you put your seal of approval on it, and it's it's up to, um, you know, Mount Olympus or the Misty Mountains. That's right. Well, what song would you like me to play for everybody off your latest release? Oh, you asking me what I want to, to play? Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Uh, if you got the time, play When the Devil Comes. What the hell? Okay. Yeah, I'll do it. Because that one isn't going to get played on radio because it's too long. So uh, <laughs> Six minutes, 46 seconds. Be, yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a long one, but it's, it's pretty killer. Nice. I mean, it's just, the drums are great. Dave Moreno played drums. He's in Puddle of Mud right now, and mm -hmm. he's, he's just a solid, he's got that Vinny Apathy, you know what I mean? He, that slow... Mm -hmm kick drum and he's just really um solid drama he's really really good nice yeah so i'll play that for for everybody so one more time how can people get a hold of this well obviously it's on frontiers mm -hmm. and um you know they can find it all the usual outlets uh be it online or or uh i guess it'll be in record stores and certain record stores i heard that their best buy is is continuing selling CDs, but, uh, I mean, you know, they can find it if they want. I mean, I'm sure there are probably some record stores still on earth somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jizzy. Hey man, I'm going to let you get going, but I definitely thank you for taking time 
and coming on the show here and talking about this and definitely look forward to, um, you know, if you hit the Cleveland area here, man, we'll check you out. Okay. Sounds good, man. Okay, man. And can you do us a quick favor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The promo ID for our radio show for Maximum Threshold. What's it called? Maximum Threshold. Oh, okay. Ready? Yep. Hey, this is Jimmy Pearl of Love Hate, and you're listening to Maximum Threshold. Nice. Thanks, man. Thanks, Jizzy, for being on the show tonight. All right. No worries. Okay. Have yourself a good one. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. And there you have it. So I'm going to take a little break here. We're going to come back and we're going to have, we're going to play when the devil comes here on Maximum Threshold Radio. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Be right back.
There you go, Mitch. You don't know what when the devil comes. That's off uh, <clears throat> Jizzy Pearl. All you need a soul release. Comes out May 11th. Make sure you get your hands on it, man. It's the record's really friggin' good. I wasn't bullshitting them. I love this, man. I'd say this is gonna be this may possibly be my record for the year. I'm telling you, man, it's that damn good. I love it, man. Did a good job. Loving it. Can they say on Frontiers Music? That's right. You can get it. Um if you guys want more details. Like the catalog number or barcodes or anything like that for all you technical people. They also have an LP also out with 180 great, um, gee, with a gatefold in there too. So 180 grams. Okay, damn. I can't check my sugar, fuckers. <laughs> okay, so there you go, man. I'm going to take a break here. We're going to come back and then we're just going to bullshit for a bit, play some tunes. And then I'm getting out of here, man, because fuck. I got shit I got to do. I did a show for you guys. Plus, I had to talk to Jizzy. He he overrides you guys. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I want to tell you, all the people out there, we're no longer with JWN Media. Um, They just, like, kind of quit. Left us high and dry with all our websites. So, um, yeah. We're no longer with them. You know, Jay was a cool dude there for a long time, and I know he just got other things he's doing. <clears throat> so if you notice, our website was down for a while, or our stream was down. That's why, because he just decided just to say, fuck it, he quit. <laughs> he threw the towel in. But that happened, so. So um, we're looking for new sponsors for our, all you people out there who's looking for a way of getting your stuff out to the to the masses out there, you want to utilize our resources here at Maximum Threshold Radio and the websites and all our different media outlets and our syndicated stations and shows that we have on our network and everything, man. Hit me up. I don't even have a link on the website yet for, for bands for music submission yet because I had to rebuild the whole website from scratch. Literally, there was nothing. We lost everything. You're talking 13 years of content we lost just because the website just went down. So I had to start all over, me and Rad Chad. So um, if you guys are a writer or anything like that, um, want to do some concert reviews or CD reviews or whatever, hit me up. Um, we need content for the website. We're going to... We, Got a new game plan for this, and we're just gonna blow this out of the ballpark. Uh, so all your all those sites that you're used to, like your Loudwire and Blabbermouth, blah blah blah, those kind of sites like that, this is kind of be like a little better. So we just we just want to get more people involved with it, with the designing and content information. So if you know anybody who wants to uh, be part of this. Let me know. We we have we've also expanded onto other. Um, how do you say it? We have other websites too. We're affiliated with like the Metal Network. There are free people like Country. We got the Country Music Group. We have the Cleveland Rocks Magazine. Um, of course, Spat Records, leading the charge. 
Maxim Threshold, Morning Wagon. Oh, speaking of Morning Wagon, got some cool news coming down the road pretty soon. Um, it's going to be pretty cool, man. We're going to be we're looking for a new singer. Our new singer is moving to Vegas. Fucker. Just when we were getting the groove going. So he's going to be gone, and we need a new singer. So, oh, I want to thank all those people that came out to our last show, the Morning Wagon show over at the Fantasy uh, a couple weeks ago. The place was packed. Thank you. Uh, it was nice. We had some cool pictures that were taken. There was we had a bunch of photographers there. They said that there was over 500 pictures taken. I saw 21 of them. So <laughs> there'll be more coming out someday. Keep your eye on that. Let's see. I was wondering where the guys were at from um, Evil Lunar Creatures, because usually they're 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 around here, asking me to play their stuff. So they're not around. So how am I gonna play their stuff? They're not listening. I could play your stuff, man. If you ain't listening, this is the way to get. This is this the key. This is how you get your shit aired. You nag me during showtime. I'm like. Fuck, I'll play your stuff. <laughs> Remember we used to do that years ago? I When our chat room was really big. It was before everybody pussed out on us. Damn, that's right. I don't even have a chat room anymore on the website. Shit. So um, I got to put that together. I forgot all about that. I got to take a drink with me. Jeff Kiss is already requesting, please play Evil Lunar Creatures. Okay, but I can't play that right now because I have other stuff lined up. Just for you know. Let's see. Um, all I need. We started to show off with some fast way. And then after fast way, we played a bunch of Jizzy Pearl stuff. Play I'm a legend tonight by Kiss. Did I play that? Did I play that a couple weeks ago. Oh damn! I took all Kiss off our board. Let's see. Well, let me look for this stuff so I can reset our board up here, and we're going to continue with this. Here you go, man. Here's some more. This looks like it's a damn love hate night for you. <laughs> Here's Blackout. Whoa! Listen to that.
Hey, it's contest time. Be the second person to text the show at 440-252-0058 wins. That's right, call number two, 440-252-0058. Shoot us a text and you'll win. Nine out of ten alcoholics listen to Max on the threshold. The tenth one just happens to be a heroin addict. Max the threshold, that meant. You can now hear the Maximum Threshold Radio Show on Stitcher Radio. Uh, Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, BlackBerry, and Palm Pre on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free today at Stitcher.com. Once again, you can hear Maximum Threshold Radio Show on Stitcher.com. You want to listen to Maxim Threshold Radio on your phone? You can do so. The app is out there, baby. Tune in radio. Go to your little market there and download Tune In Radio. Just type that in the search. Tune in radio. Once you download that app, click it, activate it, blah blah blah. Search Maximum Threshold. That's once again that's Tune In Radio. You can also catch the podcast on there also. Uh, real nice. Check it out. Tune in radio for Maxwell Threshold Radio Live. Phone lines are open. Call now, 440-709-4977. Once again, that number is 440-709-4977. Okay, I got a dedicated song here to go out to somebody. This is by request. This was requested to go out to um, Michael Strong. So this is a song that goes out from Beavis to Michael J. Strong. By request on MaximumThreshold.net.
to the Mexican Donkey Show's Worldwide Club, Stan and Gerald on Maximum Thunderbolt. Oh, I love that. That was my daughter, Maggie. She did that one. Put that together. <clears throat> Stan and Gerald. Okay, well, let's see. I got another interview for you guys. Pre-recorded one. This one was done. Uh, let's see. Michael and I at our show last, this band was, they were recommended to come talk to us from Chicago. They they were playing the venue downstairs from when our show was getting ready to play. So me and Michael met with these guys and, and, you know, we interviewed them. Classic Michael and Dom interview with these guys. Band is called Radio Men out of Chicago. Uh, pretty boys. Yep. Cute, cute. So, um, I'm going to play their interview. <clears throat> so, I'm going to take a break so I can t- get everybody on board so they can listen to this. So, I'm going to play another song. What do I want to play that we haven't played in a long time? Hmm. I gotta oh, let me just pl- let me just play this. This is this that's that um instrumental song I did. It's called um what the hell did I name the song? Angels of Movement. So here you go. I'm not gonna play the whole thing. We're just gonna play this until I get this set up. This is Angels of Movement. This is one of my instrumentals.
people don't like the serious interviews. Yeah. We didn't start recording like that. Well, yeah. It's all right, but try to get my levels going. This is the actual second second interview I'm putting on this recorder, so it's new. Do it. Wow. Everybody, this is Rodrigo and Dominucci from Maximum Threshold, and here, here with David and Ryan from Radio Men. Hey, how you doing? Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah. No problem. So what the hell is going on, man? So we're here in Cleveland. We just met Dominic here, and uh, we're just playing a show. We're from Chicago, and uh, we're playing out at the uh, the symposium. Nice. We were talking a couple minutes ago about giving hand jobs in the back of the ship here yeah. at um, the Fantasy. Yeah, man. They used to have the... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to interrupt. <laughs> That's a lie. We were talking about giving knobbers. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm and surprised. Dom said... <laughs> That, that was the best place for blowjobs. Oh, it is. You know, because it's soft cushion floor and his knees don't get all messed so up. I don't get, yeah, I don't got to worry about getting chaffing down there. So yeah. before this descends into blowjobs and hand jobs and fisting each other, <laughs> where can everybody find music and info about the Radio Men? So if you guys want to follow us online on social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look up the Radio Men. We're the only result. Um, but you can also listen to our music on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music and and so for title all all the streaming music websites. Yeah, not SoundCloud because SoundCloud fucking sucks. Oh. <laughs> that's for that's for the like you know pussy like electronic shit you know. Yeah, yeah. Or the rappers, the rappers always do that. But we like to get paid for our music. Yeah. So <laughs> so Dom wants to know if it gives you a nice taint punch, will you give him those white shoes? Those are pretty damn sweet. Wow. Not to be you know confused what? with Dom's old white New Balance <laughs> that he used to wear all the time. I do like these shoes a lot, but that is an appealing offer. Those I, I seen shoes like that in thrift stores. Is that where you got them at? No, I actually I got these ones online. I got um, another Wait, pair of shoes. They were <laughs> fucking elf shoes. They point up like they're like <laughs> that's what I was saying because they look so they're big. Like Sixteen Genie inch shoes. longs, and they they just go right past my fucking foot, and they're like heels too. They look like right back up boots. to his knee, you know. Yeah. Yeah. new. Look at the shoelaces. Man. But we do actually go to a lot of thrift shops for a lot of our style. Yeah. We're very you know classic rock inspired. Uh, you know, I personally. So you can see Stephen, today he he. Yes, the, the cocaine dealer-esque. Uh, yeah, I got the whole seventies, you know, blow dealer and going on, you know, shady guy in the alley. I got, a, I got a closet full of those. I was on a kick for a while. I buy them whether they fit or not, because I'm like, I'll find someone that'll fit in this. Yeah. So every once in a while, you score the one that has all the fur on the lapels, and you're like, yeah, I just you feel like that, Huggy man. Bear, yeah. right? I just got one that's like all fur on the inside. It's a vest, you know. It looks very Led Zeppelin-y. It's it's cool, but it also looks Greta Van Fleet, and we don't want to we don't want to be compared to them because they're they're like bringing rock and roll back and everything. But you know, we're doing something I think that's pretty original. There's the problem with my problem with Greta Van Fleet. They're not bad, not bad at all. But the fact that they try to say, oh, we're not influenced yeah. by yeah. by yeah. Zeppelin is like, are Zeppelin. it's like when, way back in the day, you guys said you kind of have that 80s sound, the Bullet Boys came out. And instead of just saying, yeah, we fucking worship at the teat of Van Halen, they tried to say, oh, we're, Aero, we're Aerosmith inspired by like, oh, to Joe. No, fucking say, oh, to fucking Diamond Dave, the king of all fucking Jews, the king of all men, and Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, man. You, you know, Robert Plant just made a comment on that. He uh, he said that he doesn't like that they're doing exactly that. They're, they're not mentioning his name or anything. They're saying the same thing, Aerosmith. And don't get me wrong, Steven Tyler made me want to be a rock star, and I'm fucking living that dream, trying to. But you just got to, at some point, when your guitars and your rhythm and everything and the vocals mimic 
Led Zeppelin, I think that that kind of is a little cheap without the credit. And people's argument is, oh, well, then... Not Van Halen. Led Zeppelin ripped everybody. Well, Red, Led Zeppelin may have like yeah. borrowed a little too much from some people, but they didn't. They may have. They don't. They didn't sound like them. They just took like their lyrics and parts of their stuff. There's a. There's a little bit of a difference. I mean, it's a slippery slope. So, who? Who is your her favorite '80s band, cock rock band? Because we'll talk about cock rock. That's Molly it. Molly Crew. That's just touching the fucking surface. <laughs> what do you know about Pretty Boy Floyd? What about Bane? What about Junkyard? Come on, Man. Dangerous Toys. See, now we do sound very '80s hard rock and everything, but I I go back to the '70s and '60s, man. I, I mean, down lyrically, down to Bob Dylan and Janis Joplin. But you know, I, like I said, Aerosmith. Blues influences too. You know, I'm a big like Muddy Waters, BB King too. You know, it's just like it's really everything. That you know, but we, the thing is, we love the attitude of the '80s cock rock. Yeah. So you know, I can't say that without cracking a smile. But you know, it's just it's so fun and it's entertaining to watch. You know, that's why we can afford to tour the country and do stuff all over because you know people like seeing a show. You know, versus the bassist talking to the drummer. An old Chicago band. They moved to LA. They're called Life, Sex, and Death. Okay. They're LSD. They were great. Oh, yeah, I've heard of them, yeah. I, I couldn't name you any of their songs, but... Talk about um, one of my personal favorite bands from Chicago. I'm not going to say Cheap Chicks from Chicago because they're from the suburb, but like Rockford. a doomed doom yeah. metal band called Trouble. I love... Okay. I was worried you were going to say the Buckinghams. Oh, Lord. Let's get down to the meat of this whole <laughs> Chicago business. Do you put all that bullshit on top of your Italian beef sandwich, or do you just eat it with the juice and the meat? You know what? Honestly, I'm in the juice of meat. Yeah. Okay, uh, you know, I'm yeah. into that <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I don't. I guess I do load some of my Italian beef with that. I do, I do put ketchup on hot dogs though. That is a Chicago sin, and I do that. That's so, right. unfortunately, if I put everything else on hot dogs, John puts too. herpes on hot dogs. So you can only get it once. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's your What's your philosophy on deep dish? Do you prefer deep dish? You like like deep the, the di- thin oh. crust? What do you like? Deep dish, okay, so everyone's like, deep dish is Chicago, right? Deep dish is blah, 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 blah. Most Chicagoans eat flat, flat cr- thin crust pizza. You know, it's not like, it, deep dish is for the tourists. And, too, the whole New York, Chicago thing, deep dish, flatbread. It's like, it's two different two different things, you know? It's like, fl- you know, I, I agree, flatbread is very good, or, you know, thin crust, but I got to go with deep dish sometimes just because I'm a tourist. What sucks is, because I love the deep dish. I love the flat crust. I love pizza. But the, I don't like when people say, oh, it's deep dish, and really it's just a real thick crust with that, oh, you know, like with stuff yeah. on top, like a normal thin pizza. See, we're conquering the important That's right. subjects yeah. here. Yeah, Because, yeah. like, the thing is, we, you know, we have to eat out all the time on the road, and usually it's Wendy's or Steak and Shake or something, but we should really stop at a deep dish place. Well, Treat ourselves. They're not open, man. Get, yeah, we get, get out, out really of the late. venue at, you know, midnight, <laughs> later, you know. Who's the biggest bag of dicks you've been on the road with? Ooh. See, we haven't done any co-headlining tours, but, like, we we in, we experienced this one band, even by us, where they, they like, I don't even know why we booked them, but they did all these uh, One Direction covers, but, like, they tried to rock it up and everything, and they were just, like, so pompous and just, like, aloof uh, and just... You know, just all over. Or, uh, and then there was another one in Louisville that, remember, they like emailed us. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't even. But more importantly, there was one here. I'm not gonna say the name of the band, uh, but they. Cockwagon. <laughs> maybe you know. Cockwagon. Yeah, cockwagon, right? So. Uh, but uh, no, they were uh, Morning Wood. Hey. <laughs> but they just like they emailed us because they didn't they didn't understand the 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 basis of the show and everything, and they just they had so many misconceptions and he just fired like the minute he stepped out the door he got in his car wrote us this long ass email of nothing we cared about we read it in our hotel room laughing our asses off because he's like talking he's like how oh, fucking dead, blah, blah 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 you know it's like that's not what that's about you know it's just, it was it was insane so needless to say we never booked them again really important question would you like some combos oh fuck yeah bro they really bro. cheesed the hunger away they yeah. did man i didn't have anything to eat man this was on our rider really nowhere yeah, combos a 12 pack of uh Grape soda. And only about that it's ounce. a pork rinds. A 40 ounce of cold 45 malt liquor. <laughs> and loop. A couple of buckets yeah. of fried chicken, but all we got was the combos. It was in the you budget. Have, help yourself. No, but yeah, I'll, I'll shit myself. Have you ever shit yourself on stage? You had a fear of that. I do have a fear of shitting myself on stage. I never want to, like, you know, eat. I, I hardly ever eat before gigs. You want to get like, the good shits. You know, I'm like, damn it. You know, if I'm on stage and I have to take a shit, like, that's, like, number one fear up there. It's just, like, you know, standing there trying to sing a song. and You, you know, you don't want to get the Hershey scores while you're trying to, you know, entertain an audience. That's just not not good. Plus, it gets all over the stage, and when it's carpeted, it just... Right, you're, as long as somebody else is following you, it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. They'll clean leave, it up. Leave it. Leave the mess for someone else. Do the opposite yeah. of take only pictures, leave only footprints. Yeah. Dude, just leave, leave fucking blasts of shit all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what we pay the venues, you know, for the room fees and everything. That <laughs> they they clean up after us. So I mean, I'm not in the business of uh, a cleaning service. I'm in the business of rock and fucking roll. So. So people who aren't familiar with your music. Why don't let them know a little bit about your style of music? Uh, well, I mean, it's just. In your face rock and roll, and we just try to, you know, put on a great big show that people are going to be satisfied with when they come to see us. And it's just like hard rock and roll with some blues influences, and you know, whatever. You know, it's like there are bands that do like, you know, the blues rock and everything, but I think what we really bring to the table is, you know, that, yeah, in your face, you know, groovy and like it makes you want to like dig it, you know. Oh, yeah. But, um, what we really present is the show. You know, we're running around. We have whatever smoke cannons, CO2, whatever. We blow uh, shit up. We blow shit up, you know. We'll be getting fire machines, too, but, you know, we, we won't tell the venues about that. I don't want a repeat of the Great White at the station fire. Oh, yeah. I don't want that. I'm speaking of blowing stuff up, I'm, I'm getting ready to blow up the toilet myself. So, everybody, make sure you check out Radio Men coming to destroy... A toilet and hotel room near you. And if you're in Cleveland on July 6th, we'll be playing at the symposium again, and we'd love to bring some uh, rock and roll to your faces. Nice. And one more time, where can people buy merch and get your music and your websites? So our website is radiomenmusic.com. Uh, you can find all our social on there, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And then we're on Spotify, Inst- uh, Spotify iTunes. Uh, Google Play, Tidal, and Amazon Music. So you can just search us up, The Radio Men. Our newest album, Black Roses, came out in October. We recorded that down in Nashville, St. Louis, and in Chicago. So we're really, uh, we're really proud and confident with that. And we think everyone will love it. Check out Dairy Queen, by the way. That's that's a good, in-your-face, sexual... He's diabetic. He can't have Dairy Queen. <laughs> no? No? No whipped cream? Are you guys on the grinder yet? Uh, we do use Tinder. Tinder. 
Tinder, you know, we get lonely. That's where most of our fans are on Tinder. Yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> they don't come to the shows, but they come to the hotels. Most so. of ours are on Grindr. Yes. Oh, right. We like yeah. a thick, meaty, young... Yeah. Girthy. Not young, young, like at least Yeah, because I, I might leave right now. I mean... <laughs> too late. Run. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I mean, define teenager, you know? Yeah. But... Listen. The age of consent... Depends if it's Asian like, or... Oh, yeah, English right. Or well, they American don't... Yeah. Or Mexican. Be careful. If you meet a young Asian boy, it might be his son. Yeah. Oh, no. I'll From see him. He's making a living. Oh, boy. He was selling his hot body to all Woo! the... Them uh, Filipino women over there can't help that. Yeah, I might, I, I might, you know, I might fangirl over them. Like Dominic's your, Dominic's your dad, man. They, oh they, man, they used to call me my ex-wife's name. I had her name tattooed on my arm. Oh really? So, you know her name was? Her name was Bruce. <laughs> Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Oh, you're quite welcome. Thank you for being on here. Thank you. Yes. Make sure you check out Radio Men, bitches.
There you have it, man. It's the Radio Men. <clears throat> Their debut here at Maximum Threshold Radio. Well, I'm getting ready to get out of here, guys. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this week's edition of the Maximum Threshold Radio Show. Man, we had our ups. We had our downs. I had fucking computer problems. What's fucking new, man? But we had fun, and we made it through it. <laughs> Over two hours of this tonight. So, like I said, we're getting out of here. And I'm gonna I'll upload this. And if you guys if you guys missed any parts of this, their interviews tonight with Bob Nelbandian, with Jizzy Pearl, or the Radio Men, you can listen to it all, man. It'll be right there available for you. I also want to say we got a new sponsor on our Roku site uh, for you people who listen to Maximum Threshold Radio on your Roku. Uh, you may be hearing some commercials popping in and out of there one of these days. We didn't ink the deal yet, but I think Sony's jumping in on there with us. So we'll see. I don't know how that's going to work out. They wanted numbers. They gave numbers. They were like, shit, they need it. Well, well, can you do? I guess when you when you got a good product, you got a good product. And even though we have our problems, we're still better than a lot of the other fuckers out there. Yeah, that's right. I, I used a little vulgarity tonight. So, well, you guys have fun. You know what I didn't do tonight? Shit. I didn't play any of this for you. So let me play this and then we'll get out of here.
There you go, man. That was, of course, Morning Wagon, our band. And, oh, man. Of course, that, that real fun interview that we did, Michael and I did with Radio Men before our set. It was really cool, man. Follow them out. Follow those guys. Get their latest release. We played something off it, so do it, man. You can follow them on, on I know they're on Facebook, but you also can go on, if you go on Radio Men Music on Twitter, you could follow them there. Check them out, man. Good dudes, man. Music is really good. They're really cool to talk to and hang out with. Good people. So make it make them your fans. If you check them out, send them a message, tell them you heard them here on Maxim Threshold, and you want them to come to a town or city, village, or whatever, hamlet near you. So we're getting out of here, and I just want to say thanks again for everybody for tuning in. This is episode five. Fuck, I don't know. Let's see what number. I think it's 534 or something. I don't know. Let's see. I'm guessing. 525. I was close. This is episode 525 in the books. So I'm getting out of here. You guys take care. Uh, this will be available for download. Subscribe to our show on Twitter, Amazon, whatever, Google Play, Music, uh, wherever, man. You can do a search for Maximum Threshold. MTRS Maximum Threshold Radio Show, and it comes up. Man, there's so many people taking our freaking feed and on their websites and just playing it. We lost. I lost track. We were over. We had over sixty stations that was replaying our stuff. I mean, now there's so many different places just take our feed and and our recordings and stuff, and they put it on their website like it's theirs. Who cares, man? We're, as long as we, as long as we're doing our job, getting our word out there to everybody. That's all that matters. So take care, people. You know we love you, and see you guys next week. Got a cool show lineup. I have absolutely no clue what else coming out, but let's just say, who I don't know. Okay, <laughs> see you guys. Just listen to Maximum Threshold Radio Show. It is live every Saturday night, 8 p.m. until whenever the fuck they shut up. So tune in. It is pointless to resist.